in the not too distant future. Following the rapid succession of World Wars 3 and 4, plus the hidden horrors of secret World War 2, there's not much left. All that remains is a place where folks get together to read and discuss comic books. Sometimes they laugh, sometimes they argue, but they always record and upload their transmissions. You've found one of those transmissions today. Welcome to the last comic shop. time for another episode of the last comic shop i'm the host of the most andy larson and welcome back to another wonderful week of our broadcast where we bring to you some comic books from comic book shops that we found and we hope that you will go to a comic book shop too and maybe pick them up and read them for yourself because heck we're the last comic shop but you still have them and you should go out and check them out. And as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Chad Smith. So, Chad, you have went recently to a comic book shop. Is that correct? <laughs> I do. Uh, pretty much weekly. <laughs> and one thing that you've been checking out at those those uh, comic book shops is the DC uh, Future State series yes. that's been going on for like the last month. How, how do you like it? I mean, it, this it's a huge thing from DC, right? Like, it's like their, their big thing for at least... Right now, at least. Yeah, for right now, until uh, it, it's, it should be wrapping up at this point soon. But, uh, no, it's been interesting so far, because normally I'm, I don't follow the DC monthlies. DC's usually good for me for, like, collected stories. But I thought, ah, this is exciting, and I'll check it out. And so I picked up a handful of books, things like The Next Batman and The New Wonder Woman and uh, Swamp Thing, Teen Titans, that kind of stuff. And I, I will say, from my impression... DC has really stepped it up as far as the art goes. All of the books that I've read have had uh, really excellent art, if not throughout, then, then for most of it. And then also, there's been a bit of a buzz. And it was neat. Uh, when it, This was first starting to roll out. The first week I went, I picked up some things I was excited about. The second week, I went to the comic shop, and I was there kind of late. I'm standing there, and I heard a uh, comic shop guy talking to another guy, and I'm like, oh, I know that voice from somewhere. Turns out, Dude was from one of the other local comic shops. Wow! Yeah, Future State had been doing so well, he showed up at uh, my guy's shop to help restock. And uh, it was neat to see those guys working together and helping each other out when they needed help. But uh, they're the ones that were talking about Teen Titans and how hot it was. I was like, do I need to Do I need to try that? And the comic shop guy was like, I would like to sell you things. And uh, <laughs> I picked it up, and it's been pretty good. But yeah, the, the stories have been okay to Fair to Midland, but the art has really been exceptional. And there's lots of lots of fun stuff. There's a, a book by the Flintstones gang, uh, Mark Russell and Stephen Pugh. They're doing Superman versus Imperious Lex. Uh, that's wow. a fun one. I, I'm going to get you guys to read the Otto Schmidt Hawkeye series, The Free Fall. But they, he did Catwoman, and that, that looks great. I just I really think they've stepped it up on the art side okay. uh, for this event. Hopefully that continues moving forward after this. Really quickly, uh, who would you say is like what? Which uh, which book art wise impressed you the most for our fans out there? Ah, uh, geez, I'm probably gonna say it's a cheat to say the Nick Darrington on Batman, just because Nick Darrington is always a delight. Yeah, um, I, I I don't read a lot of Joelle Jones books, and seeing her work on the Wonder Woman book with Nubia. Like, it is just gorgeous. And they're doing all sorts of fantasy stuff. There's dragons. They're going through the airport of hell. Uh, it's all kinds of fun stuff. And so I I'll go with that one. Art-wise, that's the one that's really, really excellent. But like I said, all the ones I've read. There are others that I've heard uh, some not-so-good things about. But. Well, very, very cool. Also on the last comic shop every week, we've got my other co-host, J.A. Scott. Now, J.A., uh, have you been reading uh, any of this uh, Future State? I have not read any of the future state actually and that's good because the whole event is like a two-month stopgap thing it's totally skippable <laughs> so what have you been reading then not a lot of comic books but i've been reading some books as of lately uh what, what, what? catching up on on some reading some old william gibson novels uh rereading dune 
ahead of the new movie. So outside of the comics that we're doing on a weekly basis, I have not been reading a lot of comics lately. It's been mostly uh, novels and stuff. Reading, I will point out, not listening to them on audio. Oh, see, this brings up a point of contention. And that's uh, my wife, Nicole Larson. She's going to be joining us for today's book. Nicole, what's this point of contention? Well, I mean, you can do the whole debate on audiobooks versus reading books and whether that counts, yada, yada, yada. But the real question is, reading comic books does that really count as reading i mean i one point definitely said to you like uh do you want to read a book with actual words in it <laughs> they have words in pictures. no 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 you 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 did mention this earlier though because again one of the things that you did in 2020 was you read 52 books 52 books a book a week pretty much uh, and some of those were comic books, though. I did count the comics, and it really does help you move your numbers along. <laughs> okay. <laughs> now, except for, uh, what was the really long one I couldn't get through last year? From Hell? Oh, yes. Couldn't do that. <laughs> no, well, no. If, that, if, was like a, that was if like If anybody novel. has attempted to read From Hell by Alan Moore, which, I, I, honestly, even though the Johnny Depp movie is pretty, pretty terrible, I would still recommend doing that, because it's 500 pages of 500 pages and that book swear to god is reading because that's all it is is just lots and lots and lots of words well, so that's a perfect example though so that's 500 pages and it was so wordy so many bubbles and so much dialogue or whatever compared to the book we're going to review today which is also about 500 pages but is mostly art i would say okay so for example like i wouldn't feel guilty putting like this on there or like watchmen or you know certainly sometimes when we've read a lot in one thing and I, you know especially like a trade right the trade like I feel not, like that's it takes a, an investment and some effort the time where i kind of got eh about it was like i read um neil gaiman's what was that girls party yeah, how to meet girls at parties yes. or whatever and it was like 50 pages it was so you know it literally was a 15 minute read you know and i felt kind of guilty putting that yep. on my list i read one night i had kind of gone through just some random comics on on hoopla and like none of them were longer than a half an hour read yeah but really you've read things. short stories and novellas before i mean well, right, right. It wouldn't count. There's, like, there's the classic hemingway for sale baby shoes never worn oh so sad that's a <laughs> I got guilt of these short stories that, or these short, you know, comics being on my list because I did have several 600-page books on my list this past year. So I, Nicole, did I ever tell you about my karmic grading scale at school? No. Where with homework, homework is basically a completion thing. Right. And so sometimes when kids get homework, they're legitimately trying. It takes them forever, and like it sucks. And they'll come in, and their work will be half done. Why well, use the karmic grading scale where right? I say, how many points do you think you deserve? This is what the complete assignment is worth. If you feel you've put in a complete assignment's worth of effort, it just wasn't coming, you, you can say you deserve full credit. I'll give you full credit. If you don't really deserve full credit, I trust that karma will get you. <laughs> That's awesome. I love it. It'll I like it. Sneak up on you like Boogeyman yeah. in the night. It'll be like, where's that karma coming from? Exactly. Instant karma is going to get you. That's right. Yeah. You don't get it first. Well, I think this is, brings up a good point, our opportunity for our teacher, Chad Smith, to kind of <laughs> educate why we're doing The Last Comic Shop in regards to Scott McCloud's understanding comics and the kind of the, the way that comic books fits in between movies and books. Chad? Well, yeah, you know that, that I recommend Scott McCloud's understanding comics for everybody. If you're a comic fan, you want to understand how they work. And the fact of the matter is comic books are their own thing. Just like audiobooks, it's not the same experience as reading a book. They're different than regular books or novels. They're different than movies. They are their own thing with their own nuances, their own elements to appreciate. And that should be okay. I guess it could be whatever I want it to be, so I'm counting them. Hell yeah! <laughs> well, I was I was hoping that you'd mention the whole notion, like with a book, like you have to imagine everything that's happening in the book, right? Like you have to imagine that everything. With a movie, it's kind of more like everything's given to you. But the comic books, they're in this weird area in between in which you only see part of the pictures. Like you only right. see part of the scene. And you have to imagine the rest of it And as, as you move to the next panel, right? Yeah, you have to fill in the gaps, and it's it, it, it's just a different experience. It's just like uh, the word I or eyeball. If I wrote out the word eyeball and you saw those letters, like E-Y-E-B-A-L-L has nothing to do with an eyeball. But when you're reading a book, you're in charge of creating a meaning, creating what it looks like. 
you're in charge of creating what things sound like, all those different experiences. In comic books, they give you some of the pictures, so they, it's a little bit of a shortcut there, but then you're responsible for saying, how are these characters moving? How is time working? Uh, you still have to do some legwork. And then movies are a little bit more passive, where they give you everything, and you it's your job to take in as much as you can. But I'm a, a fan of letting art be art. Uh, I think labels are for suckers. And... I would say if you consider a, a book is like a bottle of scotch, a comic book would be like a glass of wine or a beer. You know how you have to have X amount of beers to equal one bottle of scotch. Since a comic book tends to be a bit smaller, I would say that you have to read four or five comic books to equal one book in sort of the getting drunk with reading. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, uh, that I'm so anti that. Even in books, a page of a book... <laughs> <laughs> one page of one book is not the equivalent of a page of another book. If you give me a page Very of Nathaniel true. Hawthorne versus a page of, well, I was going to say Dogman. Oh. I need to read more books. I just love the fact that like Chad brought up Dogman. Like that's my that's my son's favorite comic, and and that's sold in bookstores. So I would consider that a book. Yeah, I ran into this problem in elementary school when I try to count like the individual comic books. I'm like, I just read twelve. <laughs> right? Yeah. I don't know. I, I think labels are for suckers. But one thing that's not for suckers is our podcast, and we've got a great comic book coming up right after these messages. We're going to be reviewing Essex County by Jeff Lemire. So stay tuned for more great comic book debate right after these messages. Hi there, this is the Manster, one of your humble hosts from Pina Comics Podcast. What is Pina Comics, you say? Fair question. Pina Comics is a weekly pop culture podcast with a mission. A mission to explore humankind's greater geekdom and report our findings back to you listeners every week. We explore movies, games, TV shows, comics, local events and conventions, and so much more. We'll tell you just what we think of all the stuff that makes life fun, or at least bearable, and hopefully make you laugh, chortle, cackle, bust a gut, or even just chuckle while doing it. So join me and my fellow hosts, Ganache and Sir John, every week. You'll find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, or whatever podcatching app you like to stuff inside that little phone of yours. Listen in. With more of the last comic shop, and on today's program, we're going to be doing one of our indie books, uh, and it is a fantastic one, uh, written by Jeff Lemire, and I think and drawn by Jeff Lemire. Let's be honest, but it is yep. uh, Essex County. Now, yes. Chad, can you give us some details about when Essex County was released. Jeff Lemire timeline. He's a pretty popular and famous comic book writer at least in the last decade or so right right so anyway this originally it, it was three volumes they started being published in 2008 with tales of the farm 2008 ghost stories and then the country nurse was 2009 it was all collected in the edition we read uh was released in 2011 uh from top shelf Productions. There you go. And it is like it is a solo job by Jeff Lemire, whether it was writing, art, everything. He just did everything, right? Yep. And yeah, including some of the promo materials we got to see in this edition. Where he would, you know, hand out, you know, little two page stories that ended up making the cut in here as well. Uh, but I think this was pre Sweet Tooth. Yes, and, it is. And this got uh, Jeff Lemire on the map, if I'm not uh, mistaken. Absolutely. Yeah. No, this is definitely pre Sweet Tooth. Uh, for those folks that is Sweet Tooth Vertigo, I think it's Vertigo, right? It was a Vertigo book. Sure, it was Eisner and Harvey nominated. Very cool. Now this was a book that, although my cousin JA, he was all about reading. This is technically his pick. I want to say that this. I'm going to go on record that this was my wife's pick from about a year ago. If we, we didn't have to talk about, it. I just I read this about a year ago, and, and she wanted it. to recommend it for a weed pile swap. Uh, so she's going to be in charge of doing the 10 cent synopsis. So Nicole, what happens in Essex County? In Essex County, there are uh, multiple stories, as Chad alluded to the, the different issues that came out. And it is essentially uh, a family tree. 
and it's about different eras or generations in that family tree and some of the uh, family drama that happens between uh, brothers and between uh, uncles and an orphaned uh, nephew and uh, goes back in, in history and kind of shows where the lineage starts from and yeah just a lot of family drama on a little farm in Essex County Ontario. Wow. See, I when I originally read the book, I thought it was going to be Essex County, New Jersey, because like that's the Essex County that I'm familiar with. Being yeah, on how the East familiar Coast. are you with? I Essex drove County, through New there Jersey. once. I saw the sign. Yeah, we so, don't like, live I, anywhere near New Jersey. I, I, I drove through it once. I had to drive through Essex County, and then the moment you get into it, like and they're starting to talk about hockey, and then you're like, oh, this is cute. <laughs> I was going to say that was my summative. This is the Canadian experience involving farmers, comma, hockey, comma, farmers who play hockey, comma, and the people around. Yes, right. If we didn't mention hockey, that's that plays a huge, huge part in this particular book. So you didn't notice the map at the beginning of the book where it talked about Essex County. I don't look at maps. I'm a, I'm a man. <laughs> when was the last time that I looked at a map? You should know better than that. I mean, it literally like was there and it says right outside Again, again, I know where I'm going. I don't need to look at a map. Let's get initial thoughts and we're going to start off with a guy that recommended this book and the biggest hockey fan I know, that's J.A. Scott. J.A., before there was football, before there was baseball, before there was anything that you were a hockey fan, how much did you love the fact that all they did was talk about hockey this book they barely talked about hockey i loved it eh it was great there's just no no words to say about it it's just a great book eh (laughs) i went into the book completely cold i didn't know anything about it i know that nicole had recommended it and then i saw that it was high up on the indie awards and what i like about indie comics is they take the form of a comic book they take the medium and they subvert it it's not your typical uh, capes and cowls. Is it There's capes a and cowls? Cape here, but go on. They're very true. They're very true. Uh, more, it's more akin to sort of a Calvin and Hobbes ish capes, though. But um, I just, I, I love this how as you read through the books, all the stories get interwoven, and you you see all the different generations and then when you get to the nurse story you actually see the tree and you see how everyone aligns throughout the book and then you start to see oh yeah that's why that and that and and, and i also like while the art is very impressionistic certain characteristics carry through different characters and family tree through the the noses there's a nose that follows people some people have the same sort of physical build in the book so i i really enjoyed it also being uh the one we read was like over 500 pages and we were all like oh my gosh is this another from hell but there are page after page of just really beautiful very sparse art with hardly any writing at all on it right and then and that's the one thing that i want to kind of start off with at least my initial thoughts and get other people's thoughts. You, you started talking about the art and for me Anytime we talk about a Jeff Lemire production, like when Jeff Lemire does everything, whether, and you know, you can read other books like the one I'm going to recommend later on in the show, Black Hammer, where Jeff Lemire does the writing, but he doesn't do the art in this. If you read this book, if you read Sweet Tooth, one of the things that people come up on one side of the fence or the other is, is Jeff Lemire's art good? Because I'm of the opinion no, I don't. It's just not for me. I, I understand what he's trying to do with this art, but when I compare it to some of the the art that I really like, whether it's John Bushima, whether it's Mark Schultz, whether it's um, Dave Stevens from The Rocketeer, that is good comic book art. This, I don't know what this is. This is sketchy. I understand what he's trying to do with it, but I don't know, man. It really takes me sometimes out of the narrative. I want to hear people's thoughts. Uh, and we'll start off with Nicole, because yeah. like she's got some... Pop- because you are wrong. Wow. <laughs> you are it's not the first wrong. time my wife's told me I'm wrong. Go ahead. Okay, no, I mean, clearly, this is... I mean, everyone has what's their cup of tea. And let's be honest, your cup of tea is capes and whatever the other thing is that we're supposed to be with that. But like this is not 
your typical comic book. So I read this book, like I said, a while ago for the first time. And then obviously I reread it for this. I had never experienced art that had affected me so much. The first time I read this book, I cried Aww. with how much emotion I got from this art. So you can call it sketchy or whatever the heck you want, but it is beautiful art and there's so much in it. I mean, the tears in some of the characters' eyes where the water from the tears going into the background and showing you this, I mean, eh, I don't even know what to say to you right now. I will say <laughs> wow. it does remind me of Pablo Picasso, a lot of the, because some of it seems a little abstract, like very shape driven, like John Andrew was mentioning with the nose and things like that. But I thought the art was beautifully simple and all right, Chad, yes, jump wrong. in. <laughs> uh, well, no, I, I can see where both of you are coming from. This is not your traditional uh, superhero comic book art, but it's also, it's very stylized. It's very abstract. The emotions are there. You know, he pulls back and because the lines are so simplified, and that's the wrong word to use, the wrong term, but so stylized, it, it's very relatable. And so I could see where Nicole could, could really get in and dig in and feel some of the emotions in the panels here. I think it fits for this style of project. I wouldn't call it beautiful by any stretch. Uh, even stylized, these these look like normal people. They're not shaped like the beautiful uh, John Romita, you know, models <laughs> that we see, you know, in, in Spider-Man comics. These are, are people with wrinkles and with human uh, shapes to them. And I think it does a good job of, of what it sets out to do. And I love Jay mentioned about the noses, part of the background materials. He showed the, the aging sketches of the characters because part of this book jumps around through time and, you know, to see the characters whenever they're younger versus when they're middle-aged and older and all that stuff. Like that's fascinating to see. That's a fun little art exercise that I thought was really cool. I, I feel badly because as far as this book goes, I enjoyed everything about it. I enjoyed the stories uh, they were touching. I enjoyed the art. There's not a, a major complaint that I could level with this book. And even the fact that, it was, like Jay alluded to, it's a very quick read. Like, I, I was leading the charge with 500 pages. But I sat down within a couple hours, and, like, I didn't want to put it down until I was done. But then at the end of the day, once I put it down, I was just like, why? <laughs> why? Why? Like, and that's the part that uh, I, I I don't know. I might need sold on this a little bit. Like, why does this book have to happen? Uh, one could say, why does any book have to happen? Right, right. But a lot of stories have points. I, I, would, yeah, I, I would compare this if, if you were to make it more accessible to those who don't read comic books or are just getting into comic books. If your typical Marvel or DC book is like an MCU or Zack Snyder movie... This would be equivalent to something that would play on the Criterion channel. Right. And I, I, believe me, I love artsy things and art for art's sake. But at the end of the day, there's a lot of times where I'll watch those movies and be like, did this have to happen? You know, what are you taking from it? Right. Well, I, I mean, I, I'll jump in here and I'll, I'll simply say that it, for as much as I, I might have just smashed the art, <laughs> like just not given the art much credit at all because honestly i whether it was this or sweet tooth i didn't like sweet tooth either i tried to read sweet tooth i got about one trade into sweet tooth and had to put it down because i was just like this is ugly like i don't like this art like it's not for me but i won't fault to jeff lemire for his ability to tell stories like this is a particularly engaging story whether you're talking about the young child who loses his mother to cancer at the beginning of the book and has to go live with his uncle on this farm and then he meets his dad who works at a gas station that he doesn't know is his dad but his dad's like you know he, he's reaching out to him and he's and then uncle's like, oh, stay away from it. It's hard enough as it is. And then you get to get the, that backstory of where the, the dad from the gas station came from and about the two brothers and, and, and all that. Uh, I, I can see how that would really grip somebody. It did for me. I, I, like Chad said, I, I read this in one sitting. I, I honestly, my favorite part of the book was actually towards the tail end when they were talking about the story with the nun who got pregnant back in like the 1800s. And uh, you just like that the guy was Russian. I don't know. He, <laughs> he ran into the building in the fire and like he saved the guy from the it. it I will say this, like it reminded me a lot when I was reading the story wise, kind of a melodrama that would be very popular 
on Netflix or NBC. Like I kind of thought of it as like, what is that? The This Is Us. Like okay. it, it kind of felt like that story. Like even though I've never watched it's that show, he's never watched. Yeah, I know. I was but, like, say. I've heard things about how that impacts people and how the timelines and the genealogy is kind of all wrapped up and it moves forward and backwards in time. Well, that's to what your I was point. Gonna... Say I've watched one episode of This Is Us and had the same questions. Why? <laughs> Well, and I know at the beginning, and I don't know that this is necessarily autobiographical in any way, but I know that there's, in the blurb at the beginning, it mentions that this is, you know, going to Jeff Lemire's roots. I mean, this is where his family is from or something like that. But, I mean, I think it's it's just a family drama. I mean, it, it's about regret and, you know, how we treat our, you know, treat each other and, and how those things are all interwoven together. And, you know, I love that the nuns, granddaughter great-granddaughter is the one who ends up taking care of the the brothers as they get older in age and just how it all comes together and i think that's the point of the story it's just how life happens and how when you look back at the end and you think about the things you would have done a different way if you had a do-over if you're, you're well you're the biggest champion of this particular book was there a particular part of this book that you like more than others i think the the chapter about vince and lou and you know how they parted ways and and really never saw each other again really until until neither one of them had anything left in life anymore and then they they finally end up realizing you know what they had forsaken for all those years i think that's probably my favorite chapter of the whole story is, is the story of the two brothers uh, well I, I i do agree with that there was there's that touching scene where vince right and and vince loses his his family other than his son in the automobile accident and he's like laying in in in, in the bed and in the hospital and uh his brother comes up to him and he's like basically just heartbroken and he looks at him he's just like i I'm all alone. Like I lost everybody. Like and and the brothers like no 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 no. I'm, I'm here for you. Well, I'm, finally, after 25 years of not being there, and that's well, what I mean. I, like, but that's what I mean. That's the whole point of the story. Is is you? He did with his wife. Right, and there was always the anyway. That, but no, but at the point being that at the end of the day, they realized that they were all that they had left, and that they had forsaken 25 years of of each other, for you know just out of pride or whatever it may have been. I mean, that's yeah. things we all struggle with, right? I mean... And, and, and the, the, the real heartbreak you could see in Vince when he said, you know, realizing and Lou realizing that 25 years they'd missed it, and mom, their mom had died. And, yeah. you know, you haven't been around for 25 years. Mom's missed you for 25 years. Why'd you just leave us? There's a lot uh, of anger and there. sort of, you know, you were, you were selfish. Right. There is that scene in the barn where they have their, they have it out. But, but it's very human. Like, I will agree that other than the, the kind of the tail end where the, the Russian saves everybody from the fire and then dies heroically. I, the, book two is actually, for me, the best part of this series. If I can say there's one book I like more than the other ones. I really did like the story of the two brothers. I don't know. Without that particular portion of this of this story, like I, I don't know if I would have liked the rest of it. Like, well, I think that's what ties it all together, right? Like, you can't get to Lester, who's a little boy at the beginning, who's living with his uncle. You can't get to him without the Vince and Lou story, right? I mean, that's the whole point of the family tree. You can't get to to Vince and and, and Lou without. Lawrence, who's the little boy that was, you know, the orphan that the nun was taking care of. I mean, that's where it all, you know, how it all ties together. I was going to ask what everyone thought of the the last two sort of standalone small stories, the Essex County Boxing Club and the story about the guy with the elephant memory. I, I feel like emotionally I was a little spent by the end of it. I'll be honest. I kind of glossed over the boxing club. I was just like, does this have anything to do with anything? So, so I think well, I read it yeah. the first time I read this book. And then I didn't realize that someone was going to bring it up. So I kind of just didn't read it the second time. So sorry, wow. J.A. I didn't do my homework, evidently. Um, I, I was entertained by it. But at, the, at that point, after seeing the family tree, I was expecting more. Like, I know the, the one boxer was related and, you know, married in. I don't know. At the end of the day, the, these stories are so human. And I feel terrible, but that just was not what I was looking for this week. Nicole was just saying that, well, this had to happen for this. This had... No, it didn't. <laughs> That's the point of this book. It's just that meandering Canadian, uh, you know, exploration 
And that's great as an exercise, but give me Kang. Right. No, I, I can see. I can see that point. I'm going to talk about it in my recommendations. Again, I'll say it. If you like Capes and Cows and you like Jeff Lemire and you read you read Essex County and you're like, boy, I wish he would do some traditional Cape books. Well, you just read, go read Black Hammer because I'm going to talk See, about it. Can I just bring up something as yes. not the Capes and Cows or person? Like to me, I'm like, well, why is this? Why is it just the same story over and over and over again with the Capes? It's like, oh, go fight the bad guys. Like, I don't know. You can make the argument, like, why did any of that stuff happen? I mean, these are just stories, right? That's true. That's, That's true. true. I don't know. The rest are they're good for my attention span with the fancy costumes and the colors and, and the, all the well, movement. And going back to Andrew's part about the art, yeah, it's not fake bimbo boob, <laughs> well-drawn ladies. All right, all right. Well, what I'm going to one say, what I thought at the end of the of book one that his that what Lester's dad. Uh, was shot by 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 aliens. I, I did. I was just like, all right, is this moving on to something else? Because it happens. Like, he puts on this cape. Yeah, that part I don't get. All right, did Jeff Lemire switch tracks on me somewhere? Is this like a big rock candy mountain where all of a sudden, like, this is completely different? By the way, that's a good book if you ever want to. And that's, that's interesting art, too. But I like that one more than Essex County. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, like you get shot by like in this chest and like by these aliens. And I didn't understand the symbolism there. Can somebody unpack that scene for me? Was it the death of innocence? What's going on there? I think it's not the death of innocence. It's, it's Lester's growth. He's growing up. He's growing out of the need to have a buddy. He's becoming less of a child. He's now can stand on his own. And because after that point, he doesn't see his dad. He hangs up his cape and he becomes, he starts to, you know, progress into adulthood. So it is the progression of a child. All right. But is his dad there when he's having this moment? Like, that's what I don't understand. Is that, was that all a dream? Like, did he imagine that? Like, he imagined that, I, obviously, I, but it was the dad there. I took it as them playing. Like, Jimmy came and they were playing and that was like the final act of their imagination together. Yeah, he decided the, the final to, yes. adventure. Put away yes. childish things. No, I I, I I was just very confused because again, if you read some other Jeff Lemire stuff, that kind of stuff happens in his books. Like all of a sudden aliens show up or a werewolf or I don't know, a, a guy with a deer foot like that's the whole point of sweet tooth if you've never read that but i did was... like him sending him down the river right like putting him on the raft and sending him you know, down the river sticks maybe or i was kind of hoping it would be a biking thing you light him on fire but, uh, heat vision? yeah now it's um it was definitely something else and I, I don't know what else to say. I mean, I'm going to leave this for the rest of my uh, my, my, my great comments, and I, I think we'll get to that. Let's go ahead and take a commercial break. We'll be right back with more Last Comic Shop right after these messages. Essex County, not in New Jersey. <laughs> hey, everyone. Brian Thomas here from the former The Batman vs. James Bond show and the upcoming The Night Cave show. Do you like noir, black and white, gritty murder mysteries? Do you like crime stories or even pulp comics? then you're going to love Nick Palatichuk's debut graphic novel entitled The Greenway. It's 1968, and Butch Schultz, a black market merchant, finds that his friend has been murdered in a mansion in St. Paul. Now he is out looking for who did it, while the city's best detectives are on the case. Nick's graphic novel is already getting rave reviews, let me tell you. Zero Supervision Comics Podcast says, A dark, intriguing story that makes you want to know more. The Glenn Thinks Stuff Podcast says, It's explosive, captivating, and alluring. And actor Kyle Hester from The Chair, Zombie with a Shotgun, and Preacher Six says, can't wait for this book. You got to get on this. Order your copy today at Indie Planet, A New World of Comics. That's www.indieplanet.com. Hard copies and digital copies are available, and now digital copies are only $5. That's where I said it, just $5. So make sure you order yours today. Hey, it's time for our grades here on The Last Comic Shop. Grades, ratings, however you want to call it. Every week we do this on a one-to-four scale, and my co-host J.A. Scott is kind enough to always give us something different every single week in regards to what that scale is going to be. So, J.A., what is our rating scale for this week? 
I went back and forth on this. I was going to go with crows, but I decided that that didn't quite capture everything. So we're going to go one to four generations. One to four generations. Wow. I have no idea what that sound effect's going to sound like. I really don't. It's going to be fun, but you just heard it. So that's what generation sounds like. I guess. Wind? It is what it is. So we're going with generation. I wish you would have picked crows. That would have been easier. Anyways, uh, so we're start off with J.A. Uh, on today's program, uh, our, our Crow T robot. Uh, what is your rating in terms of generation? I would give this uh, three generations. Okay, so almost, almost fourth. Like uh, the babe, the, they're about to get the bun in the oven. Yeah, the fourth say, generation. Split that bun baby. In the, oven, the bun's in the oven, but it hasn't been born yet, so they still are officially three generations. Right, but there's some old guy saying, "Oh, geez, I'm going to be a great grandpa. How did this happen?" This rating just got really kind of creepy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right, all right. Canadian well, in nature. Long story short, you're rating hey. it a three out of four. So what? Why? Why are you rating it that high? I really liked it. I I enjoyed the story. I thought it was quite powerful and emotional. Unlike you, I felt the art worked. I liked, you know, how sparse it was at times. I thought that the art reflected sort of what he was trying to say about Essex County. Essex County itself is very sparse and and underpopulated, at least in the comic. And you don't see a lot of people. It's a lot of open spaces. And I think the art played well to that. I will say that I really enjoyed uh, the the two standalone stories, and I enjoyed them more after I read them. And I read that they were just they were supposed to be part of the broader story, and then he made them standalone, so they didn't fit in. Had I known that before I read them, I would have enjoyed them even more. I think because <laughs> I wouldn't have been reading them looking for the connections, and I would have just read them as these standalone short stories. I really liked the uh, Essex County Boxing Club one. <laughs> That of the entire book was probably my favorite, just because it was this little self-contained little no- novella, essentially. And here, none of us really looked at it. <laughs> I looked at it. I yeah. read it. I mean, but at that point, I was just like, "All right, let's let's let's." Anyways, let's move on. J- uh, we got Chad. Chad, what is your grade? How many generations are you calling Essex County on? Okay, I this is a tough one because similar to JA, I thought the art worked for what it was. I thought the stories were good in terms of being an exploration of character and how these characters are related. I, I think this is a fine, fine work. I enjoyed my time with it, but at the at the same time, like this week, this moment in time, it wasn't for me. And I feel guilty about that somehow because I don't want to denigrate the quality of it. But I'll say three and a half. Okay. Three and a half generations is very good. I would still recommend it to folks, especially if you're looking for some of that stuff that's outside the box. And I, I just wasn't feeling it this week. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, Nicole, what's your grade in terms of generations? Yeah. I was going to say to Chad's point, I mean, seriously, you could read this a month from now and be in a totally different frame of mind and maybe it fits you that point. I mean, that's the thing with anything, right? Any medium, oh, for like sure. Movie, TV shows, you know, books. It's interesting how sometimes you can try to read a book or something and you just can't even start to get into it. And and then you come back to it, you know, a couple months later and you you just can't put it down. So it's it's interesting, like Chad said, just uh, where you are in your life at that particular moment you're reading it. But anyhow, I think it's very clear that I'm going to give this four generations. Wow! But this this speaks to me and my tastes, right? I mean, I've never been one for the capes and cowls because I, you know, can't get into the history and the, you know, when you have these series that are 50 years old and all this backstory and all that type of stuff, I've always been one for the the more graphic novel kind of one-off story. And to me, this, this read like a novel, right? This read like a family drama just with pictures instead of more words. And I really appreciated the art and how much I was able to draw from it. And like I said, I've, I've learned over time and, and talking to you guys and being on podcasts and and reading more comics than I ever have before. I've learned how to find that stuff, but this one really just hit me smack in the face, particularly the first time I read it. Um, But even the second time through it, it, 
it really resonated and you know i'm happy to find that in a, in a medium that's relatively new to me okay and isn't that that's what this awesome. whole podcast is about that is true we're bringing yeah, absolutely. you absolutely we're bringing you into the tent we are right. definitely bringing you in the tent and we're bringing you into the tent with something that's a little bit different but again that's that speaks to how comic books are so diverse and it, just because you don't like batman does not mean that you're not going to find a comic book that's for you and you definitely find one i think i think that's something that's important to note i mean i you know i think if you don't look for it people don't know it's it's there and i think there's a lot of that stuff and you know i even look at even at the library, you know, now there's graphic novel sections, and especially in, like, the kids section or the tw- the teenage section, I mean, there's a lot of really important work being done there. You know, there's been some really good books that we've read. We've read Sheets and, you know, some things that are, are not your typical comic books, but, you know, I think they're really useful, especially in the younger, you know, teenagers coming through, and it's, it's a medium that hopefully will continue to be utilized as long as people keep going to the comic book shops. That's right, and you're not <laughs> the last one like we are any case uh with this particular book boy like chad this was a real hard one for me and i'm gonna lay it out like this jeff lemire is a very very good writer he knows how to write stories that mean something to folks that invoke emotions i'm not gonna say melodrama is sometimes but i think it's more than that um, it, they're, they're engaging stories, they're human stories, they're stories that we can all relate to. Again, I have brothers in my life, I have had tiffs with my brothers, not maybe to the extent that some of the tiffs happen in this particular book between Vince and Lou, but I want to say that like I've had tiffs like that. This felt very human to me. I felt for Lester with the fact that he lost his mom and he was made to go live on this Uh, farm with his uncle i felt for the uncle with the fact of the matter that he was like i don't know how to take care of this kid but on her deathbed my sister told me to take care of him so he wouldn't be sent to some person outside of the family i got that i got how powerful all those emotions were so for the writing of this particular book i'm gonna give it four generations but for the art i'm gonna give it a negative two i don't art I don't like it. So, bottom line, what's your grade? It's got to be like a two. So, is that an aggregate? Wait, so aren't your things weighted? I mean, what's... No, 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 because the four is so high. Like, his writing is so good. (laughs) But his art's not so great. So, like, it's got to be a two. It's got to be right in the middle. Like, if if he had joined forces with some other artist, maybe I would have liked it a lot more. The the writing definitely had it. And I, I, if Jeff Lemire's listening to this, I'm sorry. I tried. <laughs> I tried with Essex County. I tried with Sweet Tooth. Don't worry, Jeff. He's wrong. There's something about your, <laughs> your art, buddy. I, I really like your writing, but I just I don't like your art. I like it's how Andy takes it personally. Me. I doubt Jeff Lemire is as concerned. <laughs> Although I shouldn't speak on his behalf. you got to Go dress for the party you're going to, buddy. You're not going to get Dave Stevens in every... Every place you go, sometimes you got to put on your gym shorts and go to play basketball, and sometimes you got to go put on your fancy pants and go to work. Uh, there's different art for different days. That's true. That is true. And if you're looking for other art, let's give you some recommendations. As the Ooh, last nice segue. Time. We always like to do recommendations on our particular program to give you other books other than Essex County that you can go to your local comic book shop and pick up for yourself. So on these programs, we always like to do at least three recommendations, but on this show, you're going to get a fourth. So we do a similar book, we do a current book, we do one out of left field, and Nicole's going to provide us with a cherry on the top. I am the cherry. You better believe it. Any case, we're going to start off with our similar book, and that goes to our good friend Chad. So, Chad, what is our similar book for this week? Okay, here I'm going to simultaneously compliment Nicole and probably make her mad. <laughs> my my pick is one that Nicole recommended for me uh, back in the day. It is Day Tripper by Fabio Moon and Gabriel Ba. Uh, and it is a story of a man who who dies in every issue. He lives a portion of his life, and then he gets killed. And then he lives another portion of his life, and then he gets killed. It goes back and forth in time. It goes throughout his existence. And boy, did I think it, it did something similar in terms of capturing that humanity, that essence. But at the same time, it gave me more to work with. 
it gave my English teacher brain things to be like, well, what was that all about? What was that symbolism? Like, and I just felt there was so much more for me to un- unpack that I was able to get out of Day Tripper. And once again, I, I don't know if that was just, you know, I read it at that time versus, you know, what's going on right now. But uh, Day Tripper was a much more satisfying experience. It's still uh, one of the best books I've read in recent years. Uh, highly recommend it. Why would that make me mad? Well, just because I think it's so much better. Than this. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, I, I love Day Tripper, so. All right. I actually think I read these uh, two, those two books around the same time. I think I read Essex County and Day Tripper relatively close together the first I time. I think so, too. And even uh, Andy would have hated the art in Day Tripper, I should say. Because it's that uh, that stylized, almost Mike Mignola. All right, all right, all right. People are people are thinking like now that I'm such a. There's just some art. (laughs) Chef's kiss. Let's go to J. A. Scott for our (laughs) out of left field pick this week. J. A. What's our out of left field pick? Okay, so out of left field. I love how all our picks all that usually dovetail a bit with the book we're reading. Probably just because we're in that mindset. Uh, Mine is Giant Days by. John Allison and Lisa Trayman. We reviewed this a while back on, on a previous show, but it is coming-of-age comic that follows the lives of three college-aged women as they start university. And it's very sort of similar to what we were reading in that it's sort of going through, you know, their their personal exploits and, and what's going on in their lives as they fight flus and mystery mold and uh unwanted intrusions of actually having to go to class occasionally so for those of you who have gone through college or those of you who are in college this might uh be something that you will read and see yourself in yeah if you're in college right now i apologize on behalf of the world you should just stay a few more years to get that college experience yeah. That's true. It's, it, it, but there are multiple volumes of Giant Days uh, that, are, that are out there. Uh, it's been a, it's a series that, that I think that's been nominated and won Eisner Awards in the past. I think Day Trip did Day Tripper win an Eisner? I believe so. Maybe. I believe so. Yeah. Absolutely. Like we're 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 hitting all the Eisners on today's program. Speaking of which, uh, my pick this week is going to be our current pick, and that is of course a book that I've mentioned several times on this show. It is Black Hammer. So if you're a person like me that loves Jeff Lemire mere's writing but wants somebody else to draw it then black hammer is the book for you it is uh done by uh, again uh dean ornstrom in terms of the art and it is just wonderful it's uh released by dark horse comics uh and uh, originally i think the the first uh 12 issues uh is uh or 13 issues maybe is just called black hammer and then the other uh the the the, the tail end of the series they took a break and they came back with age of doom but it's all basically about your traditional superheroes your analogy for captain america there's a golden gal who's kind of like an analogy for shazam there's an analogy for Martian Manhunter, and there's one for Flash Gordon and the robots, and and and, and even uh, Raven or, or Doctor Strange or whatever. And, and basically, these particular heroes they fight this thing called the Anti God, and then all of a sudden, in that in the middle of that battle, they disappear, and they wake up in a small town where they're all normal, and they're supposed to live these normal lives, but they can't leave this town. And it's like kind of like, is are they dead? Are they in purgatory? And as the series progresses, you learn more and more about the kind of weird dimension that they've kind of moved in. And to one of their members, Black Hammer, the, the, the title character, uh, he dies because he tries to leave the town very early on. And his daughter comes looking for him. Very, even though it's got kind of like Twilight Zone aspects to it, very, very satisfying in terms of a human drama. What happens when you hang up your, your, your cape and your cowl? And what happens when you have to settle down uh, when you didn't really want to? If you, if you haven't checked it out, it's a fantastic book. Black Hammer. Can't recommend it enough. Anyways, we've got uh, Nicole who's going to give us our cherry on the top. It's another <laughs> Jeff Lemire book, right? Yes. So for my cherry on top, 
I chose a Jeff Lemire book because this was one of the first comic books I think I picked out for myself. Like, I mean, Andrew's always trying to get me to read comic books, and this was several years ago. Um, and I just was looking in the in the kind of indie section because that seemed to be where I always gravitated to in the stuff that Andrew did make me read. And I saw this cover of... Um, clearly a space themed thing and it's a little boy with half of a robotic you know mechanical face standing in the shadow of the moon and the name of this book is descender it does have jeff lemire writing the story but to andrew's point someone else drawing it and so it's dustin Wynn that did the art and uh it's a little space odyssey type of thing you know there's um all sorts of worlds imploding and isn't it kind of like a space pinocchio almost like isn't he like yeah, the, the main himself character. and yeah i mean it gets yeah but he's like he's like a robot kid like he's a robot kid who right wants there's to be... like whole colonies of different people and actually chad i think read more of descender than i ever did <laughs> but that's my yeah, it's fun and the follow-up ascender which i don't know if it's getting a proper finish or not i'd have to double check on that but it's good stuff regardless any case, that's all the time we have for Last Comic Shop this week. So uh, make sure that you follow us at www.lastcomicshoppodcast.com. Now, J.A., what can the folks do out at our fantastic website? Well, of course, you can listen to this and any future or previous podcast. Also available wherever you get your podcast, be it Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify. But more importantly... What people can't see because it's a podcast, we've got some merch. <laughs> so check out our merch, grab a t-shirt, grab yourself a hoodie, everything you need for that special someone in your life. Andy's rocking some merch right now. Looks really good, bud. And I'm sure uh, we would appreciate it if you patronized our uh, merch store, just like your local comic shop would appreciate it if you patronized their shops as well. If you need to find a comic shop, check out www.comicshoplocator.com. And make it so that while we may be the last comic shop, that doesn't happen for a good long while. Right. In any case, that's all the time we had. I was joined by Chad Smith, Jay Scott, and Nicole Larson. Until next week, stay safe, stay sheltered, and above all, play some more hockey. Yeah, and make sure to turn the TV, because the Hockey Night in Canada is on, eh? What's Don Cherry going to wear this week? <laughs> yes. comic shop was a 2021 Black Angus production.